When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. I guess the eight folks have now qualified for the debate. Trump, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Scott. Haley Christie, Burgum and Pence. Burgum? Let me go to one gnome quickly before I get to Peter King. Is that right, Burgum out of the Dakotas? Well, he had this great thing that he did. He knew that nobody knew who the hell he was and that you need the certain funding level to get into the debate. So he offered donors, uh, they'd pay a dollar and he'd send them a $20 gift card in return, which was perfectly legal. Wow. And a lot of people took advantage of it. And so that's why he's in the And debate. he's like a billionaire anyway. I don't know if he's a billionaire, I but he's awfully he wealthy. Yeah. No, he's in the millions. He may be a billionaire. Is it Doug Burgum, right? Yeah. Which Dakota? North or South? Uh, North Dakota. And I'm hearing that uh, Francis Suarez, the mayor down in Miami, may be the ninth. He's coming awfully close. Well, it is going to be, you know, we, the first one's always the one the most watched, right? And well, it might be circus-like, depending on whether Donald Trump well, shows up or not. Do it. He's not you don't do think it. so? No, 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 no. No, he's, he's been saying every day he's not going to do it. Uh, yesterday in New Hampshire, he asked the crowd, he said, should I do it? He the majority, did do that, yes. And they said yes. The majority of the crowd screamed no, yes. No, of course, I want him to do it, too. Selfishly, he's the, he's the best entertainment. Mike Pence is boring. A lot of those guys are boring. So is DeSantis. So gun to your head right now, Noam. Donald Trump, two weeks from tonight, debates or not? No. No? Okay. Yeah. Let's go to my next guest. Uh, I say this all the time. I'm very lucky today. The two guys I say in my lifetime... And if God is good to me, I'll be 57 next April. That are the best politicians from New York are Peter King and Woody Giuliani. And I've got both coming up one after another, starting right now with the great congressman, nearly four decades on Long Island, Homeland Security, all of it, and a dear friend of the Rosenbergs these days, my friend Peter King. Good morning, Pete. Hey, Sid, great to be with you. It really is. It's also great to be the opening act for Rudy. I've known Rudy for over <laughs> 50 years. He's a great guy. He's going through some tough times, but he's a tough fighter, and he'll end up on top. I agree with you. And, uh, yes, uh, you're quite the one-two punch, King and Giuliani. I'll ask you the same question I just asked Noam with a caveat, and that is, do you think debate uh, Trump will debate? And, secondly, if he doesn't, do you think he should? Uh, I don't think it matters that much one way or the other. If I had to bet, though, I, I, I would take the long shot that he is going to show up only because he always does things differently. I mean, uh, anyone who tries to guess or project what Donald Trump is going to do is, is crazy. But I would say that uh, I could see him uh, showing up, you know, announcing a day or two before he's going to be there. Uh, only because he loves to do the improbable. He loves to uh, uh, throw everyone uh, out, out of kilter. So, uh I I would say there's a at least a decent long shot that he's going to be there. 
By the way, my buddy Johnny Tobacco informing me, wise guys, that Suarez out of Miami, Noam, did the same exact thing Bergham did, the gift card deal, and he has now met the threshold. So he becomes Republican number nine. Thank you, John Tobacco. All right, so you, you think he will. Uh, either way, are you surprised? Because we know you've had some criticisms for Trump the last couple of months. We know the whole deal. Are you surprised that here we are heading towards the second week of August and he is still destroying the field? I am, but I'm not. The reason I say that is Donald Trump is always full of surprises. And if anyone has rewritten all the rules of politics, it's uh, – Donald Trump. And I think probably owes a lot of it to uh, Alvin Bragg because uh, his numbers were doing OK. But I think he was sort of teetering a bit back in uh, March, maybe into early April. And once that indictment came in New York, that just galvanized tremendous amount of support behind him. People who may be uh, were, you know, thinking of uh, turning away from Trump, finding somebody else. They just felt that this was a gang up. This was obviously a, a misuse and a, an abuse of the criminal justice system. And they uh, rallied to Trump. And, you know, he can he can play that very well. I mean, he's uh, uh, first of all, to me, all these indictments or potential indictments are wrong. Uh, I can be critical of things that he did, especially on January 6th. But to make this criminal is such a dangerous path to go down. Listen, back in 1998, I was one of the only Republicans who voted against Bill Clinton's impeachment. At that time, I won Republicans. Once we start this, now, the first impeachment over 130 years, once this starts, there's, you know, there's going to be a cascading effect. And that's what's happened. And with uh, these indictments, Democrats would think it's great right now that Trump's under pressure, that Trump's being uh, targeted as a criminal. Uh, watch out. because This is going to now turn around that next time Republicans are in power, they're going to be going after Democrats. And we're going to end up like some kind of a banana republic, one of those uh, governments in Europe that collapses every six months. No, I, uh, have we said all that? I think these indictments are unfair, they're unjust, they're wrong. And it's managed, though, in this, at least in the short run, to rally support for Donald Trump. These indictments are unfair. There's no question about it. And uh, a couple of them have no legal basis, which is really a head-scratcher, Pete. But with that said, it's nice that you say these indictments are, are, are not fair, and, and you're being honest. But do you think Donald Trump, Peter King, lost the election in 2020? Yes, I do. You do. So you don't think yeah, that I, I, any of this I, yeah, any, any of this proof that Rudy continues to contend is out there and thousands of pages that lots of folks have never even seen, you think it's all one big mirage? No, it's not a mirage. I say that I'm sure there were some irregularities, but not enough to turn the election. Now, I think the election was unfair in the fact that any time we have that many mail-in ballots, there's always a potential for abuse. Actually, it's the first time we ever had that many. Secondly, more than that is the way the, uh, uh, you know, the media and the government work together against Trump as far as the, uh, you know, the Hunter laptop and the fact that couldn't even be mentioned. You couldn't find it on social media. It was being blocked. Uh, you know, the New York Post, uh, there's no way you could uh, uh, find any of their stories about the, uh, you know, the Hunter laptop on social media. The fact that you had all these national officials say that it was Russia collusion, uh, there was Russia interference, all that. No, that was unfair. Having said that, there was not enough there to me to, cha- to okay. challenge the election the way he did. That's all. Fair uh, enough. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I want to move over to, uh, you know, you spent so much time with Homeland Security. It's a very important job, Peter, obviously. And the folks that don't know, you've done, you did tremendous work making sure that a lot of the 9-11 folks who worked on top of that wreckage 
Uh, a lot of those folks died. I mean, people think that's a one-day event. It wasn't. People have been dying for no. 22 years. Uh, and you've made sure those families got money. You, John Stewart, a host of others. So uh, tremendous work. But uh, the Homeland Security stuff, uh, here we're now about two years removed almost to the day of that tragic Afghan exit, forgetting about what you think when I think about Ukraine and Russia, just the right. Afghan exit alone. How brutal was that from the Biden administration? And do you agree with these Gold Star families that this administration has not been honest even yet? Yeah, that was one of the worst disgraces in American history. Uh, there's very few times where you have a disaster and you can actually show the actual cause of it and be actually said, this is the reason it happened. This happened because of the terrible leadership of the Biden administration. They made no preparations whatsoever. They rushed into this. They put American lives at risk. Americans were killed. Americans were wounded. It was a tragic day for America, for the American military. And the administration, Biden administration, has not followed up with them. And, again, it's uh, you know not to uh, take advantage of every opportunity here to criticize Biden. But the reality is I think what really was a metaphor for everything was him looking at his watch as the coffins were being taken out. I mean, that, to me, showed his attitude. He should be meeting with these families. For a guy who talks about having so much empathy, who understands tragedy and suffering, he should, be, he should spend so much time with those families. Bring them to the White House. Tell them, hey, listen, it was a terrible mistake we made. I'm, I'm taking the responsibility for it. Uh, your, you know, your sons and daughters, they suffered because of a mistake that we made. But instead, to like pass it off and to uh, uh, almost make believe it didn't happen. Or it was just so, uh, it, to me, it's inexcusable. It's indefensible at every level. And uh, it was a tremendous blow to our foreign policy. But again, the human factor, what was done to those families and to those brave soldiers, is uh, it's a disgrace, and he ought to carry that with him. Let's take this conversation back to local, Peter. Of course, you're out on Long Island, but I'm doing the show right now. You're here a couple of days a week from 3rd Avenue and 49th Street in lovely midtown Manhattan, right here in the city. And I played this cut for Curtis Sleeva earlier. I played it once or twice myself. This is the mayor, Eric Adams, as thousands of people led by Curtis Sliwa, joined in unison last night right outside Creedmoor to complain about the migrants, not about the conditions. They don't want them here. I agree. I don't want them here. I don't want to hear for the billionth time about the country, what we were built upon. That was a long time ago, okay? It's over. Here's Eric Adams, though, very conveniently now, Peter King, passing the buck from him to you. And me. This is a moment where people need to stop asking, Eric, what are you doing? This is a moment we need to ask, what are we doing? We can't do this alone. This is an all hands on deck. The dollars coming in are not equaling the dollars that we have to pay going out. So we're going to do our part to the best of our abilities within the financial restraint. But we have a real call. We need every New Yorker that has something to offer to play a role. This is not Mayor Adams' job. This is the job of the people of the city of New York. And everyone should participate in that through New York City Cares through the 100 um, nonprofits that we are part of, uh, through all the other groups. Everyone needs to be a part of that. And I'm not going to allow anyone to allow this moment to go past without asking, what are you doing to help people who are in need right now? This is not Mayor Adams' job. He actually said that verbatim. Peter King, your comments. 
that is an absolute failure of uh, leadership, of responsibility. It's all his job. He's the one. It's him. It's Hochul. And it's the president. But he's the one who represents New York. He's got to be out there fighting. And to be trying to pass the buck to seven, eight, eight million other people is absolutely wrong. And by the way, this is not just now a New York City issue. If Creedmoor is filled the way he's talking about, that's right on the Nassau County border. So that could be something having a real impact in, in, in uh, Nassau County. I know that the people in those uh, uh, communities along the border are extremely concerned about this. They are worried about it. And so it's going to affect the entire area, but immediately affects New York City. He's the mayor of New York. It's his job to speak out and do whatever he has to do. And he has to have, he's a leader. These are tough times, and tough times demand tough leadership. And he's failing in that leadership on this. So trying to pass this off to 8 million other people is just wrong. He was the one who was elected. It was, you know, the other 8 million were not. He was. And uh, again, you know, if, 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 if there's going to be more of a crime wave, yes. People to solve that. If he's going to, you know, it's up to him. He's the guy. He's the, he's the man on the spot. He wanted the job. He earned the job. And now that he's got it, he's got to live up to it. And right now, he's not. So when do you start the uh, the big time? I agree with all you just said, by the way. Uh, when do you start the big time campaigning for a mutual friend? Her big race coming up in November. And I'm going to say it again at the risk of repetition. This is much more important for New Yorkers November of 2023 than the big Trump one in 2024. When does King hit the streets for Ina Vernikov? Whenever she wants me, I'll do whatever Ina wants. She is she is a, a superstar. She's the type of person we need leading the Republican Party, being out there. Uh, she's a woman. She's an immigrant. She's 100, 110% pro-American. That's what we need. And it, it sort of breaks this whole stereotype that uh, you know, the progressives try to make or anti-woman, anti-immigrant. No, we want the immigrants who want to fight and be strong for America. Ina is great. Whatever she wants me to do, I'll be happy to do it. If she, if she wants me to endorse her opponent, I'll do that. <laughs> best for Ina in this race, <laughs> I will definitely do it. No, she's a superstar. Uh, I agree with you. I love her, too. Now, in the other race, you endorsed Annie. She didn't win. Ari Kagan got the win. But I would imagine he is the Republican. I don't care what he was before. I know we flip-flop. Who cares? So did my cousin Norm Coleman, so many other people. Uh, he's going up against a very dangerous, I think you'd agree, dangerous politician. I've known him for 23 years. Dangerous Justin Brannon. So I'm imagining and hoping, despite uh, being in Annie's camp before, that you're endorsing Ari Kagan now. Absolutely. No, listen, he, uh, he, he won the Republican nomination fair and square, and uh, so I, I would definitely support him. We have to get more Republican voices on the New York City Council. Uh, listen, it's still going to be tough no matter what happens in November. It's still going to be tough. The more voices we can get there speaking out and fighting hard and, again, trying to represent traditional values. So, no, Kagan won. He won it fair and square, and we have to stand behind him. They can't be just, you know, moving in and out, depending on who wins the primary. So no, I, I'm definitely supporting him. You are the support, mayor. Uh, yeah. I was saying, I, I was at a fundraiser last night for Mazi Philippe in Nassau County. She's the uh, woman who was born in Ethiopia, escaped to Israel, was a paratrooper in the Israeli army. Wow. And now is here in the United States. She's raised seven kids. Her husband's Ukrainian from, uh, uh, and he's a leading cardiologist on Long Island. In the last race, she's the first one to win that seat in Great Neck since I said the War of 1812. There's never been a Republican elected from that district before, and she won it by about seven or eight points. So, again, she's the type of superstar we need. Uh, again, an Ethiopian Jewish Israeli paratrooper 
living in great neck, raising seven kids. She had twins three weeks before the election last time. Wow. She was back campaigning a week later. Well, what is her name again, Pete? Mazi, M-A-Z-I, P-I-L-I-P. She won a great upset two years ago. She's running again this year. And again, I think she's a symbol of what Joe Cairo wants the Republican Party to be. We're new, we're innovative, and yet we represent traditional common sense values. Uh, tell her to come on the show. I like her already. You like her. She sounds awesome. Mozzie, you're invited anytime you want. And as always, Pete King, a spectacular appearance. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. You're the man. You're the man. Peter King, the great congressman. That was a terrific conversation. We covered everything from Eric Adams to the migrants to Joe Biden to Homeland Security to what's going on in Nassau County. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.